So up until race four, it really looked like McElrath had so much momentum, he was going to be unstoppable. Um, he had, again, up until that point, won four in a row. So the three in Salt Lake City, he had, and he had, we left on a win for him in uh, Daytona. Yeah. So he has been absolutely on fire. Um, and again, until that fourth race, and then Chase Sexton has been the one that had been kind of screwing up, and they kind of flopped in that fourth race. So uh, going into race four, they were tied in the points, correct? Or race three? Race three, right? Um, yeah, they had the shared number, the shared red number plate going into race three, and then. Um, McElrath was out front of Sexton and went down. Whereas in the prior two races, Sexton was the one, one going that had down. gone down. So um, for fans, that's awesome because it's keeping it super tight. Right. <laughs> like this is coming. This is going down to the final race of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were just talking if uh, when they come back, if McElrath wins that race and Sexton comes in second, then they will tie they'll be tied going into the final round no that would that would be the oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah that, that will that, be the final round because their next race is the showdown right if they go one two mcrath sexton i it would it, it's time to a tiebreaker like wow yeah and then uh i believe i believe mcrath has four race wins to sexton so he would have five race wins to sexton's three mm-hmm. and then the tiebreaker would go to McElrath. To McElrath. So McElrath wins the race. He wins the championship. Sexton wins the race. He wins the championship. That's what it like, comes down to. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like that's all you could ask for as a fan. Seriously. It's so exciting. We nailed a few predictions this year. We missed on a few predictions <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we kind of knew coming into this season, although it was for different reasons, was just how close and tight some of these 250 championships are going to be. And um, especially in the East, it has lived up 100% to that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, even in the West now. The uh, West w- is tight. With, with Forkner, <clears throat> Forkner's win. Put him into second. Put him into second. It's and ten. it's like, it's a 10-point difference. Totally within. Well, they have three races to go. Right. So that's... As long as they're, if they're going one two, if Forkner not, not you know rattles off a couple more wins, if he wins the next three, even if Ferrandez comes in second in all of those, you're talking about a, a one, one point, point difference. difference. It's like once again, winner take all. Right? Huh? I'm, I don't normally root for Forkner, but I kind of want Forkner to win the next three for that reason. Right? I want to see a winner take all showdown. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I really can't stand Forkner, but. We're talking about the 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 evil emperor on the other side, or Darth Vader. Right. What what were we calling him? Oh, man. It was, oh, he was a bully. He was a bully. What was the, we did, we had a nickname. I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast. Um, You're right. Like, which one do you want to root for? Um, for, So, which is why I say, we want Jet Jet. to win. I just want Jet to win everything. Um, (laughs) But that's actually why I want personally Forkner to win the next three not because i want to see him win but because i want to see an exciting final like, can you imagine the west showdown where there are four riders from two different classes who all have a stake in winning a championship by winning like that is going to be a cutthroat like go at it race i just i hope for that because that would be an awesome cap to what has been a crazy season i agree i'm i'm hoping for that in the 450s too i'm i'm rooting for old year tuck at this point speaking of the 450s um 
we've got we've got some stuff to cover when it comes to these riders. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened over quarantine. I mean, there was people who healed up. There was people who took steps back. There was people who fired their trainers. There was all kinds <laughs> of stuff happening. And, and, you know, so, again, we're not going to go too, too crazy, but I think what I wanted to do was kind of look at these four races as, like, a collective whole and what did we get from those four races? And um, there are two, uh, there are more, but the two biggest points that I have kind of take my biggest takeaways from these four races. Tomac feels like, I know there's three left, but it feels like he has completely gotten over his pressure hump. Like every single race, there is pressure from Webb and Roxon, not so much in these four, but just this season in general. And every single one of those times where we're like, this is the moment. This is where he usually Tomax all over the place. He hasn't. Yeah. And in these four races, the most impressive one for me for Tomac was the actually the fourth race when he got buried. Like he was like last coming around last. That, yeah. that first corner. And he salvaged a third out of that. That is championship material. That's just we used to say that's why Dungey wins. That's why Villapoto wins. It wasn't winning races. It was how well they can salvage their bad starts, their rough days. And the fact that he salvaged a third out of that, that impressed me more than anything else I've seen in these four races. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like he dropped his uh, poo-poo pants badge. And it seems like Chase Sexton picked it up somewhere along the line. <laughs> it does. It feels that way. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I have a couple a couple of takeaways from here. Um, Tomac definitely seems like he like he's gotten over that hump, but um, the the guy that he's racing against, man, is outstanding. Like the watching the two of these these two go back and forth. It's like watching a Rocky movie. It's like said. walking. These guys yeah, going blow I mean, for blow. It's it's crazy because it's like a you know an unstoppable force meets a immovable object. Um, you've got Tomac who just hits his stride, and it just seems like there's nothing that can get in his way. But then he gets up to Webb's rear wheel. Because, you know, Webb starts way better than Tomac. It's just, on average. It's, yeah, <laughs> on average, absolutely. So Tomac gets up to Webb's, uh, Webb's rear wheel, and Webb has this ability to just rise to the occasion. So that, and that it was absolutely my second takeaway after after Tomac's impressing me with his ability to rise to the occasion, uh, to uh, get over that hump and, and handle the pressure to potentially win this thing. Cooper Webb continues to earn my respect as a just warrior style rider. Every single time he has been under pressure, um, think so injuries, <clears throat> sickness at the beginning of the season, still pulled out podiums. He got injured, raced the next week, still hurt, still pulled out a podium. His trainers and managers basically called him out at one point. If you remember, like they they were there was this interview where they basically talked about um and guy came to him and was like, are, are you here to win? Or like, what are you doing? Like, got totally called out, went and won the next race. Like, right. every, and then Tomac. 
Tomac's in front of him, he finds a way to keep up. Even though we've always said Tomac is the fastest rider on the track, he finds that extra gear, somehow Cooper found it with him. I still think Tomac, on, in general, is the faster rider. Yet, somehow, Cooper finds a way to stick right on his rear tail if he's behind him or block him if he's That's, in front of him. That is what you just said, the first part. Tomac is the fastest rider on the track if he's behind Webb. As soon as he gets in front of Webb, they're matched. They're matched. It's, un- it's unbelievable what Webb's able to do. I, I, the ability for him to just, like you put it the best, to continue to elevate when we don't think he can elevate anymore. The, the more intense, the more pressure, and the more difficult the situation, the better Webb is. Yeah. It's to the incredible. point where his trainer should probably just like twist his ankle before every race and say, "Oh, look, you're hurt," right? Because <laughs> he's going to go out and he's, he's going to go do some feat of performance. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He is he is a Spartan warrior. At this point, I have so much respect for him. I mean, Roxon fell off a cliff. You know, I know he's got this. I know he's got this respiratory thing going on, but. Webb had a respiratory thing going on for the first three weeks of the season, and he managed to not finish in he he managed to not get Did lapped not twice. twice in a race. That is all you need to know about Roxon as far as that takeaway yeah. goes. And and so here's the thing, right? The theme of this for me is grit. Um grit, toughness, perseverance. So Tomac had this issue where um when the pressure he could handle the pressure to a point and then he he'd just lose it um he seems to have found his grit and toughness it's not matched by webb his his talent is but his grit is not matched by webb has this ability to just no matter the stuff the tougher the stakes the better he gets uh he's he's anti-fragile yeah. He is absolutely anti-fragile. The tougher it is, the better he gets. He's not just able to get through. He's able to elevate. Roxon is... I, I, listen, I've, I've been trying. We've, we've talked about it. I was happy to see him doing well at the beginning of the season. He was competing for this. He came into these four races down three points. I just... For me, he's a negative on the grit scale. Yeah. He uh, he does not persevere. No. He's... he's as soon as, as soon as he is in in less than optimal circumstance, um, he he just falters. He quits on himself and he quits on 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 kind of the situation. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when in ideal circumstances, he is as good as Tomac and Webb. Yeah. Um, maybe not as fast, but you know, te- just overall well roundedness. Like when you're looking at just the rider as a whole, he's of course there's a reason he was three points back in the championship. Um, these are not right, you know the proper cert. And when we so when we did our predictions going in, we said who does this break? We were assuming they were coming back, and we said who does this break benefit the most? And I think we really harped on Tomac and Webb, Webb especially because it gave him time to heal. Uh, clearly, we were right about that. Yes, nailed another prediction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Got to win some of them. It's Tomac too, because I I thought that it would be, give Tomac a lot of time to kind of clear his head. Although I think we did talk about the potential for him to get into his own head. Right. That did not happen, obviously. Um, I thought we both thought Roxon would do a little bit better coming out of this. I agree. I certainly didn't think that I'd ever seen Roxon get lapped twice in a race. I mean, and be upright. In his defense. They lapped everybody in that. Yeah, race. I, mean, I mean, he but, was in tenth place, and he, they they did lap up to tenth place twice. 
Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. So they lapped up to fourth once and up to 10th place twice. Right. Which... The Anderson was the... Other than those two, Anderson was the only person on the track that did not get lapped that race. On, and he was still, what, 40 seconds back of those two by the end of it? It was yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, I think he was, he was just less than a... Or, just less than a lap behind them. Like, if there was one more lap in the race, he was getting yeah. lapped. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, that speaks to... Um, we actually said this before this break, too. When those two get together, the sum of the two of them racing each other, Tomac and Webb, is greater than either of them individually. Right. Remember when we watched them both come through the field, yeah. right? They were both struggling to get through the field, and the second they linked up, it was like seventh or eighth place. And I don't remember what race this was. I think it was before Daytona. I I know I remember exactly which race you're talking the about. I can't remember. The second they linked up back in like eighth place, the two of them just shot to the front of the field right. together. We're seeing that now for these last four races. It, well, no, the fourth one, they weren't together. Tomac just found that extra gear and right. just absolutely grinded out a phenomenal performance, and Webb just did Webb things. Um, <laughs> but the first three, man, like, they just... I haven't seen that many passes and pass backs between the two of them in a matter of a few races. It's unbelievable yeah. what they're doing, too. They're, they are pushing each other to new levels. It's so awesome to watch. I really wish... My biggest, um, I, I would say, regret, it's not regret, it's not something I did. I, I wish that Webb was the one that was three points down coming into this and not yeah. Roxon, because you would have the tightest championship race we've ever seen. Yeah, seriously. I mean, three points down, let's think about it. So they went Webb. It was so coming into, coming into this, they Webb won the first one. No, Tomac did. Tomac so it won. was Tomac Webb in race one. So Tomac would have gone up six. And then it was Webb Tomac. So back down to three. Back down to three. Then Tomac Webb. So back up to six. Yeah. And then it was Webb Osborne Tomac. So that would have been one point difference. One point difference. Which is the same what it would have been had he not missed that race. So if Webb, we would have three races left in the season and Webb would be one point down of Tomac and the way these two race each other. I, look, we can still, anything can happen, right? Yeah. Tomac gets a bad start again and maybe just doesn't work his way through the pack as much and Webb gets a win or he goes down or anything. We're still talking about an incredibly tight race. Or he catches the rocks and flu. Or catches the rocks and flu. I, listen, I still feel like Tomac, he's not Webb level, but I feel like Tomac fights through that way more than Roxon does. Yeah, for sure. So instead of getting lapped twice, he finishes eighth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I, 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 it is, it does, it is kind of unfortunate that it, that Webb is the one that stepped up when he was already kind of so far back. Um, but it, this, we're still talking about some ridiculously entertaining racing. Yeah, and that's uh, especially after two and a half months of no racing. Like this is what you want. You know, it's it's fun to look at the the grander picture because that's really that's what we do. We're here for the competition, um, and the grand pick, the grand scheme of the championship and everything like that. But at a micro level, we haven't had race racing in two and a half months, and now we're like, oh my god, this is what we get. Oh my god, this is awesome. There's only so many replays you can watch. Seriously, you know. Uh, no, you're right, and it's. Can you imagine how boring this would be if Webb didn't step up and yeah, Tomac, and Tomac just, ran just ran away, away with, with it? it. Like, like, we'd be like, oh. 
just two, cancel the rest of them. Yeah, came, like two and a half months for this. Give him the championship. Yeah, he just, earned it fine. But just get it in outdoors. <laughs> Where he's going to win again, by the way. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, especially if he wins. I think if he wins Supercross, um, I don't think he has the lag. I think Tomac uses that. to Because Tomac is a momentum rider, right? Right. When his confidence is up, when he's got momentum, he's tough to beat. He's nearly impossible to beat. Yeah. I think if he wins the Supercross championship, he rides that high all through outdoors and then just continues his outdoor dominance. Yeah. I think if he win, well, I'm pretty sure he's going to win this championship. I completely agree with you. I think he's, it's not just going to be this outdoors. I think he's going to... Floodgates? Yeah, floodgates. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, green number three trophies over the next couple of years. For me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, again, look, on a personal level, I Cooper has absolutely 100% earned my respect, um, way more so than he had at the beginning of the season, even as the defending champion. This, to me, has been a more impressive, impressive season from him, mm-hmm. um, just on a personal level. Still not a huge fan, just as a fan. And I've wanted Tomac to win this thing since I first became a fan. As much as he frustrated me and I've just bat- ragged on him, you know, like... I, I want to see him break that because I think we could be watching history. If he gets through that and the floodgates do open, we could be watching history. So yeah. still rooting for him. All right. Who else is impressing you? Let's get away from the, th- the three. <sighs> well, the top, look, those are the most important three they you got to summarize, right? So um, Osborne. Osborne. I 100% agree. Give me, t- talk to me. What do you got? Uh, I don't know what, it, I don't know what it was. Something about this break something clicked for him i don't know if it was a bike setting i don't know if it was a mental thing maybe he just got himself right mentally which look a lot of people in a lot of areas of life are using this kind of lockdown quarantine everything's shut down time to really kind of not just learn new things but to also just kind of reflect a little bit and maybe make some changes maybe maybe it was a mental thing for him and and he maybe sorted that out during the i don't know for sure but he looks like a different rider in these four races totally different rider he is up in the front for a majority of these races now he has fallen back in a few of them um so maybe he's not quite there yet but i don't think anybody just goes from struggling to compete to competing you know what i mean he's he's making strides and i think if he uses this as a launch pad moving forward we could be talking about osborne stealing some wins and maybe in some championship conversations moving forward yeah i um totally agree uh, i think he has Do- listen hold on stop we are agreeing entirely too much today <laughs> I, I we are i think it's i think it's just been so long since we've done this at this point where we're just like you know our our opinions have converged right we're just one person with two different voices right now (laughs) so he definitely has um i think he has some conditioning stuff before he i mean he's got the gear but he's got to be able to sustain it right um and you see that he trails off towards the towards the end especially when he's running up front with the big dogs when he runs up front with the big dogs he trails off towards the end of the towards well, the he, end of the race he's probably cuz he's got to push a little bit harder to keep up with them too so the endurance isn't there and that's 90% of the time you when you see somebody who can keep up but then falls off towards the end it's usually just conditioning yeah maybe he should hire Alden Baker <laughs> so so I think he's got some conditioning stuff um, that he needs to work on. And then I agree. I think he could be competitive. Absolutely. Um, he's an older rider. It took a, he took a lot of time in the 250s. So he it, like if he wants to make a like a, a mark on on Supercross and Motocross, he's he's got to make moves in 
relatively short order because he's already he's a few years older than Tomac. Yeah, I think. Um, listen, it's, he may or he may not, but if he's going to, it you're right. It's got to be like next season. Yeah, <laughs> like he needs to be in the championship conversation next season. Otherwise, he's just going to kind of be continued to be relegated to just tier two rider. Right. You know, like Chad Reed. I want to say Chad Reed's six years older than him. Wow, you'd think it'd be more than that. Yeah. Chad Reed's an old dude. Chad Reed, I mean, he looks like an old dude. He looks like a grandpa <laughs> riding a dirt bike. Um, I really wish Chad would would retire and go into the booth. I loved, loved, loved watching Chad Reed, so please don't eat me up about this. No, it has nothing to do with him as a rider, right? It's Chad just, is one it, of my favorite riders of all time. It's just not, it's not, it's, it's sad to see how far he's how far fallen he's and not because he's not a good rider he's obviously a two-time champion right. he's he's phenomenal um it was what? like watching peyton manning play for the broncos no. after he had this ridiculous career and all of a sudden he's just this like mechanical robot that was has say, like Brett. no he yeah. has like no <laughs> natural left. parts left in his <laughs> it's body all prosthetic yeah i was gonna say brett Favre in his final season finally like, he was able to fight a little bit, but Brett Favre in his final season looked 50, 60 years older than that last season. <laughs> like, his hair was, like, flat white. It right. was crazy. And, and No, you're right. It really is just age. It just, unfortunately, is a fact of life that as much as he's motivated to stay out there and ride, um, age has caught up to him, and he is not as fast as these young guys now. And right. You're right. So, it's every time they say, oh, when he goes by, Ch- passes Chad Reed to take 10th place, and I just like, I shake oh. your head, like, dude, just go in the booth, man. This Call it a career. It's been great. Right. Awesome. You're always in the conversation when people are going to talk about some of the greatest writers they've watched. You know, your name is going to come up. Right. Call it a day, my friend. Call it a day. So, I digress. Osborne that Chad Reed <laughs> Chad Reed is that old and Osborne is only 6 years younger than him. So I no, we we definitely agree that uh, Osborne looks like he can do it. It's what he's shown us in these last four races. Something has changed during the break and he looks like he can do it, but he needs to take advantage of whatever that is like starting these next three races continuing this trend he's on carrying it like through outdoors and into next season because uh if he doesn't it might end up being starting to be too late you got some really talented riders coming up from the 250s yeah. really, really talented. talented and uh hussey's gonna start looking at some of those guys if he doesn't yeah. so yeah um speaking of husky another guy who Look has impressed me. yeah <laughs> another guy who has impressed me is uh anderson so Anderson over the break, uh, I'm sure most of you know this. Anderson fired Alden Baker as his um, as his trainer, and I've seen a couple of interviews when some you know people asked uh, why he decided to move on from Alden Baker, and basically here's a synopsis of what I figured. He was harsh in my vibe, man. <laughs> so. Um, it seems like <laughs> yes it seems like anderson did ex- a very something very similar to what you're thinking that osborne did which was he got he got his head right um i think alden baker is alden baker is a tenacious trainer like he puts people through the ringer 
And it definitely makes sense to me that following being put through the ringer, someone like Jason Anderson would do better because Jason Anderson is a um, hippie. He's a hippie. I mean, he's a stoner. <laughs> so I, I, I agree. Everybody. I actually reacts. don't know if he's a stoner or not, but he sure acts like one. He has that vibe. He right? does. He definitely has that vibe. I, I don't know. Everybody reacts differently to different kind of um, <clears throat> stresses and inputs. Alden Baker is obviously notorious as one of the greatest physical trainers for these riders in the sport. Um, but it obviously doesn't work for everybody. I think he kind of pushed away Villapoto too. Villapoto was not a fan. No, yeah, <laughs> of, that's of very being, true. You know, but then someone like Dungy thrives in an environment like that. So I think um, depending on the person is how they're going to react to Alden Baker's training. Anderson, to me, strikes me as the kind of person who's going to be like, nah, dude. Yeah. Not, not feeling that 10-mile run today. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go to the beach, man. Right. So, and that's <laughs> Wait, not, look, we're in Amsterdam? When did we get to Amsterdam? <laughs> and look, that's not to say that Anderson doesn't like training or work hard or anything. That's not, that's not the point of this. Obviously, he is as uh, physically fit and as... as good of an athlete as any of these other guys it's just the method of training and kind of the mentality behind the training where it's tough as nails doesn't work for everybody sometimes it's got to be a little bit more relaxed and loose still working hard and pushing but on on and with a different mentality which is i kind of how i see anderson riding he wants to enjoy the process the training as much as he wants to enjoy the racing and alden baker you do not enjoy his training i don't care how much you like working out right you don't like we've seen it right we've seen the interviews and the kind of the behind the scenes stuff he pushes these guys and he pushes them hard and they're always physically better for it but not necessarily always mentally so yeah. that may have well been the big change for anderson i do agree that he's he's kind of made a return to form almost it seems like we have said that once or twice earlier this season he's he's kind of flashed once or twice in different races where, ooh, ooh, is he back? Is he back? And then it's like, oh, well, no, no, he's not for the next two races. So I would like to see him continue that for the next few races. The other thing is I don't want to give him too many props, and here's why. Um, I like Jason Anderson. I don't want to give him too much for credit for doing what he's kind of expected to do. Right. You know, like— He's already won a championship. He's won a championship. We know he's capable of running with these guys. He hasn't even though he's shown those flashes now suddenly he's back up there and we're gonna be like "Ooh, yeah okay, look at it no 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 for me it's like oh finally welcome back now let's see what you can do again you know unfortunately he set that bar high for himself so right. uh being a little harsh maybe it is good to see him back but i'm not going to give him as much praise as i give osborne because osborne hasn't set that osborne is raising his expectations as we go whereas anderson is just trying to get back to that right point. yeah i mean how many how many years has Anderson been on 450s. Is it 4 now? 5? Uh, it's it's around there. I'd have I'd have to look it up. Sorry guys. I'm Tom- I'm not doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> Tomac is Tomac's 8 or 9. Yep. So it's got I think so you're right. Anderson, it's got to so, be like 4 or 5 cuz yeah, I want to say chip like fairly fairly early. He was either yeah. 2 or 3 seasons into it. Yeah. So he he won his first championship in about a third of the amount of time that it's going to take Tomac to win his first Supercross championship. So I absolutely agree. He needs, damn it, there's that word again. I'm not going to say I agree one more time in this podcast. 
See, I, there's a reason I said that. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to give Anderson praise. I was trying to get the disagreement going. No, like, man, I that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Damn I mean, uh, I, was, I was an Anderson fan, and it was fun to watch, actually, after he won... After he won his Supercross championship, going into outdoor, it looked for a couple of races like he was going to compete with Tomac outdoor. And then there was one race, and I, I don't remember which race it was, but I remember Tomac got stuck way back, and Anderson was in the lead, and Anderson was way out front. like He had like a 20-second lead on second place. And it looked like, and, and Tomac made his way through the pack, and he caught up and passed second place, and he got into second place, but he was like 20 or 18 seconds back, and there was only like five minutes left in the moto. Looks like it was just too late. It just, it just looked like it was too late. And Tomac caught him, and I remember where he passed him. It was a big, big hill, and there was a, a turn at the bottom of the hill, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Anderson too. was like three quarters of the way up the hill when Tomac got into the turn to go to the hill. And somehow, and there's a jump at the, at the top of the hill. And somehow Tomac caught up to him on the hill and passed him at the top of the hill. And I was like, how did that happen? How did that happen? Maybe How? you think that broke Anderson? I <laughs> like he just like he was just like. Just, I feel just like broken. he wasn't the same after that. I, I you know what maybe man sometimes it is like those weird one moment like when you when you know you're looking at your pit board and you know you're like a twenty seconds cool whatever and then next thing you know Tomac passes you like what do I have to do to beat this guy right like, because let's Tomac we've talked about it Tomac outdoors is not Tomac indoors in fact I think Tomac one might be one of the greatest outdoor riders we've ever seen like yeah. he is an absolute shark outside um, so. You don't want to. You want Anderson to beat himself up too much. Like, dude, right. you got passed by. It's it's not. But you're right. Maybe that broke his psyche. He was just like, "What do I have to do, man?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what it is with him. I I maintain, and I've said on this podcast before that I think Anderson won it and was content. It was like, you know what? I did it. I I did it. What do I have to prove now? Right. I've you already know? been to the top of Everest. Why do I need to go back there? Right. And um. While I can respect and understand that position, if that's where he's coming from, because that's what it feels like, um, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But also, it's like, come on, man, you're a competitor, right? Why, why stop at one? <laughs> it's, I'm, it kind of makes sense with his personality, though. I and that's why I came. That's why I feel like that might be it with right. him. Is is just it, that's his personality. Oh, I did it. I'm at the top. So, um, so um. The last so, um, person. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We're, um, my daughter is homeschooling, obviously, because the schools have closed down, and she just walked into the office and completely caught us off that guard. Totally throw it off. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. So we were going to be wrapping up anyway. Yeah. So. There's one more takeaway that I have um, that I've noticed in these four races, and that is if there were only whoop sections on these tracks... Mookie would have won the championship like four years in a row. <laughs> but as soon as you throw any part of a track on top of it, even if it was whoop section turn, like a NASCAR style whoop section straightaway and then a turn and then a whoop section straightaway and then a turn, those turns 
would absolutely take him out of the championship. <laughs> it's just the it's whoops. It's just the whoops. He is so much faster than everybody else as soon as he gets through the whoops. And then it's so weird. Like, he'll catch up to... He'll get within, like, a straightaway of somebody. They'll get into the whoops. They'll be, like, halfway through the whoops. And then he'll get into the whoops. And he'll do the whoops twice as fast as them. And then as soon as they get into the rhythm section right after that, this is, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. you're absolutely right. Speaking of whoop, and, and as much as I despise the long whoop sections, um, Roxon is usually one of the best in the whoops. Yeah. Um, when he's not being hindered by his whatever he's got, whatever going. he's got. Um, Tomac is just so smooth. Yeah. Even if he's not the fastest all the time, he's smooth. He always takes the whoops like like they're not there. Right. <laughs> you know, like he just you just watch him and he just kind of glides over him. Um so but but you're right. Outside of kind of those two, I would say that Mookie's uh, unbelievable uh, in the whoops. If it was just whoops, I don't even think there would be a contest. I think Mookie would absolutely demolish Roxon and Tomac just can, in the can whoops. Can you put whoops in turns? <laughs> <laughs> So let's real quickly before we wrap up, let's just take a look ahead. We got three three races, right? Three races, yep. Um, so we're going to have this Sunday, Wednesday, and then the following Sunday. So when we next do this podcast, there will be one race left the uh, finale. The finale. So let's leave that one for the next two races. It has basically gone back and forth. Uh, Tomek's the only one of the two that's finished outside the top two, and it was a third right. after starting in the back of the pack. So. Do you expect anything different from these two moving forward? Yes, I do. Um, the reason I expect that is because um, I th- think the thing that I've noticed about Tomac that is different in the last, it, not just in the Supercross season, but also in the outdoor season, was that Tomac has this more mature air to him now. Where um, he is, man- he's managed the championship rather than just fight, 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 fight to the but very end. But when he's had to fight, he's been able he's to been pull able it out. To fight. But he doesn't have to fight now. He just flat out does not have to fight. He can pull, like you said, even if when, even if Webb wins all three, the remaining three races, and Tomac takes fifth. Pretty sure Tomac That's, still wins. As long as a few of those fifths are maybe podiums, I'm pretty sure you're right. I don't know if it's. I'd have to do the math out for all fifths, but even then, you're, you you might it's be close. right. Like it's, it's close. Even at that point, it's close. Um, so I don't. I don't think that they're going to go back and forth for the remaining three races. He had to fight for these races because you put that from three races to five races. He can't manage that. He can't manage taking fifths while Webb is taking first every race. He got those two, the four, four races. Podium. In, four, the, podi- four, four podiums, podiums. Two of them were wins. He did what he needed to do in order to put himself in a position where he can manage the rest of the season. So uh, I'm going to disagree okay. that he goes into manage mode, even though he should, probably, and he definitely could with the points lead. I think he needs to, just his personality is such a um you're right he that he's shown more maturity but i'm worried that if tomac and i think he might be worried that if he goes into management mode that he screws up okay he is at his best 
when he is just in his zone, he's flowing, he's pushing, he's finding those gears. Um, I think if he's focused more on just managing, oh, I'm in fifth, I guess I can just hang out here. Um, I think he loses focus. I think he has a potential to screw up. If he crashes out in one of these, we gotta, we're talking, we're having an entirely different conversation. Right. He cannot crash out. Um, so he needs to stay in focus and Tomek is at his best in flow. Yeah. Um, so I, I think now look, does he drop the hammer the same way? If he starts off in 10th, is he pushing for first? Maybe not. Maybe he pushes for a podium, but he's got to still push for a podium. So I think the only way we see any drop off from Tomac is if he gets like a, another horrendous start. And then he, even then the drop off is only going to be at the end of the race. Uh, and when he gets to like fifth or something that says, okay, I, I'm okay with this. I still think he pushes if he's in like 12th, you know what I mean? He still just, he doesn't go, well, I can afford this. No, he drops the hammer and he pushes and he needs to. Other than that, I think he tries to win every single one of these races. All right. So give me for the next two races, give me your arbitrary top three. My arbitrary top three. Okay. Let's uh, just do four fifties. We'll, we'll save two fifties. Just look, just enjoy the show with the two fifties <laughs> yeah, at you. this point. Uh, 450s. All right, so here's my prediction for the next two races, top three. Sunday, I think it goes Tomac, Webb, to continue the kind of trend of the back and forth. It's going to go Tomac, Webb, and I'm probably going to put Anderson in number three. Um, I, I'm Osborne's looked great. Just don't know that I can consistently, because of how he falls off at the end of races, Anderson's much better at managing those. Actually, Anderson gets better at the end of races. Um, so those are my, I don't think Roxon, I think Roxon just kind of gives up on the rest of the season, to be honest. Um, he's, he's in third now, isn't he? Didn't yeah, Webb, yeah, Webb, Webb got him. past him. Webb passed him. He is, uh, I think two or three points back from Webb now. So yeah, I think he just kind of gives up. I think he just rides out the season. Yeah. Um, and then Wednesday has been traditionally so far been where Webb takes the win. So I think it goes... Something along the lines of like Webb, maybe another like Osborne or Anderson sneaks into second, and I could see Tomac maybe taking a third. Because if he wins Sunday, the gap at that point with two races left, he's not pushing. At I'm contradicting myself, but <laughs> I think if he wins, I think if he wins Sunday, you know the the need each race to push gets slightly slightly less. Um, he's not going to take any chances. At least he'll probably push, but he's not going to you know. If Webb's a corner ahead of him on the last lap, he might just let that slide. <laughs> so I think Tomac takes a third uh, next Wednesday. That, those are my completely arbitrary predictions. Okay. I'm just going with the back and forth. Dude, they've been rockying all day. Like Rocky and I, Ivan Drago, just you take a hit, I take a hit, you take a hit, I take a hit, and it's awesome. Yep. My arbitrary top threes, um, I think Webb wins both of them, first of all. Um, so I'm so on Sunday. I'm gonna say uh, Webb Tomac. Save. I'll go with you on in the Anderson. I think. Um, I don't know why. Just arbitrary. He did, well, he just he does feel like he's kind of returning to form, and he's yeah. shown that he's he's so fast. So it makes sense for him to podium. Um, then on Wednesday, I think I, I don't. I don't think Tomac is gonna. I. I don't think he's going to fall off like crazy or anything like that, but I would not be surprised if he didn't finish on the podium for Wednesday. Okay. Um, if for nothing else, then to just save some energy for the last race. So I'm going to say Webb 
Osborne Anderson. Ooh, I thought about putting Osborne in one of my top three because he has shown it. I just he just drops off a little too much for me at the end of races. So yeah. if he can fix that, a hundred percent, I can see him on the podium. And I think Tomac, Tomac, if that happens, Tomac just he's fourth because he's still going to be right there. Right? Yeah. There's I nobody I, else. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Right. Right. I mean, Roxon is out of the conversation at this point. Uh, Barsha can't stay on two wheels. Right. Y- you know, everybody else that could be even part of the conversation. Speaking it's... of Barsha, what the hell happened? <laughs> I don't know. Like all didn't of a sudden, get the camera angle. I know. I'm trying to find. I tried to find the camera angle after I watched the races the other day too. He just ended up in the stands. I've never seen some. Some like you see a ball end up in the stands right, or a puck right. end up in the stands, but you never see a player end up in the stands. <laughs> Sometimes in basketball because of the side court, but that's oh, different. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. But not like like he wasn't even the 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 stands are right next to a basketball court. We need to. I want to like there has to there be has some to be footage because somewhere because not only did he end up that far, but he got up and he couldn't find his bike. He couldn't he find his so bike. He was like looking <laughs> looking for it in the banners. <laughs> he was. So and then his front away. wheel broke off the forks. It was it's crazy. He went to go start, and then all of a sudden his wheel, his forks just like fell off of the wheel. It was crazy. Unbelievable. So, so if, if anybody out there, look, if you're listening to this right now, and you found a camera angle that shows what the hell happened to Justin Barsha there, please send me a link. Just message us on Facebook. Because I want to know what happened. You know, that's the biggest disadvantage of not having fans in the stands. Yeah. Somebody could have been, like, you know, trying to bootleg a little camera angle or whatever. I I don't even care what the camera angle looks like. I just want to see what happened. Right. Justin Barsha does backflip coming out of whoop section. (laughs) (laughs) He endos over a triple or something. (laughs) Something crazy happened. Uh, So uh, I think that's going to pretty much wrap it up. We hit on everything we kind of wanted to talk about. Um I'm so happy racing is back. Me too. Big it time. Is definitely, definitely fun to get back into uh, the, the podcasting thing. Um, this was like riding a bike, man. Yeah. Just kind of <laughs> jump back into it, you know. Um, definitely get into more detail uh, next week. So, and next week we'll have a really clear picture of what the championship. How crazy is that? It's going to take us until the the two days before the final race to have a super clear picture of what the championship is going to look like. Yeah. When was the last time you could say that? It's not as tight as it was going into these four races, but it's still... Yeah. I mean, last year was pretty tight still yeah. with Tomac and Webb. Uh, well, right. no, no Go sure. figure. Go figure. Well, you are definitely talking about, for me, the two best riders in yeah. the field right now. So um, I cannot wait to see what happens this Sunday, especially because I think that's going to tell you a lot of whether or not you or I were right about Tomac. So, <clears throat> guys, thank you for jumping back and, and uh, joining us. Thanks to you guys who messaged us and kind of asked where we were the past yeah, couple that of weeks. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, actually. I just looked at my phone. It's probably over the like the last week and a half I've had a half dozen to a dozen people just message me either through Facebook or on on the website saying, hey, when are you guys coming back? Uh, and I was like, uh, let's be honest. We probably should have come back in that first. Week, we should have right? come back. We like, should have been coming. Yeah. Actually, we should have come back before the first week to preview coming out of the break if we were smart. And then we, at the very least, should have come back after the first. But hey, we're here. Hey, better yeah. late than never. For those of you who reached out, thank you very much for keeping tabs on us and making sure that neither one of us died <laughs> we in the just, quarantine. We, we didn't completely lose our minds there in the quarantine. Yeah. Almost did. But, Almost. It was close. Uh, no, your guys' support, as always, has been super great. And just the fact that you reached out and asked where we were is <clears throat> definitely. Uh, uh, a pretty good feeling. So um, just for me, thank you so much for continuing to support us 
And um, I don't know, man. You got anything else? No. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. I hope you guys enjoy um, the rest of the races. Like I said, just enjoy the show. There, There's some great stuff going on. Uh, if you want to reach out to either one of us, you can hit us up through the um, through the Facebooks, through the Instagrams, um, or you can go on the website and make a um, jug club jug club account. membership, and um, you can message us there. Um, other than that, man, watch some races, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace.